prayer. We're in a, a prayer series here. We're asking, asking God to teach us to pray, asking him to, uh, to guide us a little further into prayer. And one of the things that I would like to, to share is this, uh, as I go into today. And by the way, we're, we're nearing the end of this all. Uh, we've got maybe three sermons left on prayer. And so if this is, uh, if you're like, oh, well, I'll just wait till the end to really get going, like this is it, this is your chance uh, to, to try some of these practices out in, in your life for uh, our focus here at, at, at church. So a simple praying. Simple praying is this. It's stream of consciousness. And we've talked about this. If you missed any of the sermons, you can go back and, um, and, and see them all online. But we've talked about simple praying. It's stream of consciousness prayer, which is, is a lovely way to pray. It is to take all of the things that come past our mind and into our hearts and to find a way to turn, our, turn them into prayer, turn them to God. And it, it's, it's awesome. And uh, as we've gone past the simple ways of praying and into the more advanced ways of praying as I've been teaching you in the last uh, many weeks, I hope that you don't find yourself too discouraged because as we get into more advanced ways of praying, um, sometimes we can, we, we can feel like, oh, here, here it is again. I've, just, I've gone another month or two months or three months and I, I really haven't made that much progress in prayer. And you're just joining in the rest of humanity. <laughs> prayer is a really difficult thing, uh, but it's essential. And in fact, if we're going to live lives of faith, if we're going to keep that thing inside of us, which we call faith, alive and beating and strong, if we're going to be able to, to believe in God and follow him and show our loyalty to him in the midst of difficult situations in life, prayer is like an essential key piece of that. And so even though it's hard, even though it's difficult, in fact, um, prayer keeps that faith in us alive. And so that's part of the reason why we're, we're uh, diving so deep into this. Because as people of faith, sometimes we lose touch and it's hard to. And prayer can really be a help uh, as we keep our grounding. But uh, I don't want you to be discouraged. I don't want you to walk away and after all of this and feel like, oh man, I haven't become a prayer master or this hasn't become a huge part of my life. My hope is that it just becomes part of your life a little more. Just one extra step going forward. And I, I believe in you enough and I, I, I esteem you enough, I like you enough, I'm confident in you enough to, to take you on past the simple forms of praying. Uh, you guys can... Um, you guys can do this. You can learn some more advanced kind of prayings, which we call the building blocks. It's like taking our words and taking them out of the stream of consciousness and learning to build prayers. And that's what we're into right now. We're talking about that. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk more about this as the day goes um, forward here. Uh, but we, well, the reason uh, that we're uh, oftentimes we oftentimes struggle is because we don't really um, feel oftentimes or know the, the, the building blocks. And Jesus gives them to us in his prayer. And his prayer isn't a prayer sometimes. Sometimes we pray Jesus' prayer and we kind of go through it quickly and that's not bad. But when we understand what he's giving us, these building blocks of prayer, we can follow his, his method, follow his uh, prayer. And so he gives it to us this way. Our Father in heaven, your name is holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. These are, these are good words and nice words. They, they orient us, but they're building blocks. They're, they're teaching us um, how, to, how to dwell in them. And it's like each little word is like a drawer that you pull out. And inside are a bunch of little blocks that we can pull out and put together. And that's what we're, what we're trying to, to do today. So Jesus' prayer, as we've been talking about, starts with praise. We praise Father that his name is holy. With adoration. God, God, you are our Father and we adore you. 
It starts there, and then it, it moves on to the next step into abandonment, which is like, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I was thinking that the prayer of abandonment, I mean, that's kind of a, a big word to describe something like surrender. It's like, a, you know, think of a military strategy. I don't think that's too strong of a thing to think of this in terms of a military strategy. You know, it's like um, we have our wills and God has his wills and we can fight against them all we want and, and build up our forces and mount them. But surrender is ultimately saying, okay, white flag, I give up. And, and abandonment is kind of like that. I give up. I, I give up striving and pushing and um, I give it all to you, God. And so the reason why Jesus is prayers, I think, begin there is because he then goes into these kind of prayers. Give us, forgive us, protect us. And these are the prayers I think that many of us probably know the most. When life is going hard, we snap into them. Give me this, protect me, help me, God. And those are great prayers. But Jesus' prayer doesn't start there. And this is why, I don't know, five months later, we're finally getting to this. Because we have to enter in through a different way other than our oftentimes, um, I don't think this is too strong of a word, but oftentimes our greed. We come into the, to, to prayer with a sense of greed and we need things and we want things and we think we know what we want and we haven't come through yet the door of adoration, of praise, and we haven't come through the door of abandonment to God and surrender. And oftentimes uh, we have uh, in mind exactly what we think we need. And we're asking for it and we're looking at it and we're, we're all over here and God is working over here and says, I, I've got something else. I've got something better than what you think you need. So we get to the give us and the forgive us and the protect us, but we don't get there right away. We have to come through a different set of doors. And so, um, but, but eventually we do get here. And that's, that's where we are now. We're, we're at the give us, and we're at the forgive us, and the, we're at the protect us kind of prayers. And these are small prayers. And the forgive us prayers are cleansing prayers. I mean, these aren't huge, uh, massive things. We're, we're asking for daily bread. Give us today our daily bread, is what Jesus is saying. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others. This is the prayer, the experience of, of being washed clean of the things that are just toxic inside of us and the, the protect us from the many different things that we need protection from. So I'm gonna talk next week about the forgiveness prayers. But this week we're focusing on these, the give us and the protect us. It reminds me of David in Psalm 5, 3. In the morning he says, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. And we wake up in the morning, and oftentimes we can uh, not even be in touch at all with what's inside of us. All the little st the storms that can brew inside of our hearts. And we get going, and we have our strategies, and we have our ideas about how to fix the day. And we forget that uh, every morning God is asking us to get up and to open that heart of ours and to give out what's inside to him in our, in our prayer requests. So uh, here we go. Give us forgive us, protect us. And again, I'm not talking about all these things because I want you to, to know about these prayers, even though that's good. I'm inviting you to think, what does it feel like to pray them? What might it, might it feel like for you to pray the give us and protect us kind of prayers? How do you order all of what's going on inside of your mind in a way that, that does this well? 
So turn to Psalm 68. This is one of King David's prayers. It's a really good kind of give me, protect me kind of prayer. I invite you, think about this. Think about how this might look in your life. He starts off, hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Again, this is not a polite kind of praying. He's just going to go for it. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord. For I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. When I'm distressed, I call to you because you answer me. And the first thing I I want us to notice here, invite us to notice, is the way he begins. Just hear me, answer me. It's a great way to begin talking to God. Are you listening? Are you there? And this is like questioning, questioning God. Or, or sorry, it's just like a hear me kind of prayer. So David in other places talks about it like this. Arise, God. Wake up. Answer me when I call. Look on me. Turn your ear. Remember me. Don't be far from me. In this, in this psalm, he says, hear me, Lord, for I am poor and needy. I mean, can you think of yourself waking up and turning to God and just saying these things? All right, here, here I am. Are you asleep? Wake up, God. Like a little kid coming to a parent's bedside before he's awake. Uh, it's a wonderful kind of prayer. And oftentimes we skip over this kind of prayer. We, we say, okay, God, I've got this need. I've got this need. It's awesome just to sometimes say, uh, arise, turn your ear. Are you listening? So we, that's, that's where David starts in this. But also sometimes David turns these around. He doesn't do it in this psalm, but he oftentimes turns them around into questions. Um, so, for example, where are you? Where are you, God? Why, why are you not here? Why can I not see you or feel you or understand what you're doing? It's a great kind of thing to pray. Or how long? I've been waiting for something that I've been asking you for ages. How long, Lord? How long are you going to wait until you answer me? This is a petition. This is a um, give me today my daily bread kind of prayer. Hear me. Wake up. How long? Why are you so far off? Why are you standing so far away I can't feel you? Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? I mean, if any of you can think about touching that up to your experience, like some of you are there. Some of you are, live day in and day out in that kind of feeling. Um, and it's great to turn that kind of feeling into, into the prayer. It's a building block. Um, wake up, God. Where are you? Click those together into a prayer. It's beautiful. And David does that. Um, but if you do that, if you ask God, wake up, where are you? It's always good also to give yourself time to expect him to speak back. <laughs> expect an answer. If you say, where are you, God? And you just then close your ears, la, 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 go through your day. You, you, you're going to miss out on something. Oftentimes, if we give ourselves a moment and still our hearts enough and we pray that, where are you, God? Why are you far from me? He'll, he'll talk back. He'll, he'll answer you. And you pay attention to the stirrings of your heart. So expect him to answer because uh, he's not far off, even if we feel it. Well, David goes on after he gives God a little bit of a wake-up call. Among the gods, there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Lord. They will bring glory to your name, for you are great 
and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. One of the coolest things about David, King David, who's writing these psalms, um, thousands, three, let's see, yeah, 3,000 years ago now, he's writing this. One of the greatest things about him is he's able, in the same prayer, to be so angry at God and so pretentious, and yet at the same time be able to worship him so profoundly. He knows God's character. And so here he goes putting some, some praises into this prayer, even though this is a give me, help me kind of prayer. I don't know about you, but that's hard for me. That's hard for me to do. If I get into a complaining kind of mood, uh, praise usually doesn't come up into my, my psalms. If, I, if, if, I'm in, uh, if I get lost too far in my anxiety, I, I have a, some anxiety issues if you don't know. I've got some issues. If I get lost too far in that and, I'm, and, and I start like hearing things that people say and making them bigger than they really are and misunderstanding people and taking things too sensitively and blowing things up in my, if I get into that too deeply, I mean, I'm into a season of complaining. Like, why are you far off God? Why does everyone hate me? You know, off you go. Um, but David, can, he, he can do that kind of thing and he's got that steadfastness about him which in the next sentence, he can start saying things like, yeah, but I also believe that in the end, all nations will come and worship you. There's no God like you. You're the greatest. And I have such a hard time seasoning my, my prayers like this. And so when you get into the give me, help me, protect me kind of prayers, can you also click some praises in alongside of that as well? That's a challenge, I think, for all of us. But he goes on here. Teach me your ways, Lord that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart. And we talked about that last time in the prayers of abandonment. Give me an undivided heart, a heart that is solely focused on your love and not all of my drama, that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever, for great is your love towards me. You have delivered me from the depths from the realms of the dead. And this is the kind of prayer, when David, when David says things like this, you've delivered me from the depths, from the realms of the dead. This is like, I'm still alive. I haven't died yet. And that's something to be thankful for. Um, because these kind of prayers, teach me your ways prayers, are like when Jesus says, lead us not into temptation. You know that? Have you heard that before? Jesus, lead us not into temptation. This is like, could you just save me from me? Kind of prayers like, I, if it's left up to me, I'm going to drive myself underground and ruin my life over and over again. And so that's, that's this kind of prayer here. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Uh, save me from me. Show me the wonders of your great love. Keep me from sinning. It's a great kind of prayer. Have you prayed that kind of prayer lately? Save me from me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, some people are resonating. Good. I'm not alone. Um, I mean, what does that mean? Save me from me. That's like um, from my bad attitudes, from my bitterness, from my addictions. Like, save me from the things that I would do to drive me into the ground. And if there's any prayer that, that, that you need in, in some of these parts of life, it's this save me from me kind of prayer. And it's a, if, if there's anything in, in this moment of life when you, when you experience that, um, that need to be saved from yourself, it's this. It's this. God, God, teach me your ways. Could you just, could you just 
Um, help me, keep me from sin, sinning, sinning enough to keep me alive. And then teach me your ways. Teach me your ways, God. It's a great, great thing to pray. Uh, lead us not into temptation. Keep us from willful sins. These kind of things. Uh, save me from me. So basically, <laughs> one of the points that I want to make is this. You need prayer. You, you, whether, you, whether you know it or not, you need people praying for you. And you need uh, to be in prayer. And sometimes people say, well... I can pray, but I don't really like to pray for myself. Or maybe God, maybe is that selfish to pray for me? If you read the Psalms, uh, I would say 80% are selfish prayers. David's, David's always saying, do you see, Lord, that someone is out to get me? Would you, would you protect me? Would you guide me? Would you teach me your ways? How many me's do you hear in that string of prayers? David is regularly praying for himself. And it is okay to pray for our small needs. I've talked with a number of people during this prayer series who have said quietly to me, you know, Keith, I, I had lost something that was really important to me. And I thought it was gone forever. But then I prayed for it. And the next day it showed up. I found it in a little closet that I hadn't looked at in a while. Or uh, I, the, when you read the prayer books and the modern day prayer books, it's kind of the running joke is people who are late for a meeting who are praying for a parking space. Because there'd just be one left right in front of my meeting spot and someone has left a, a two loonies in it. You know, like, <laughs> no, I know you know what I'm talking about. You've been there too. Uh, but some of the prayer books are like, it, God loves every single detail of your life and it's okay to pray for these things. And other books are like, there's such big, awful things going on in the world. Why would God care about your parking spot? There's like a divided thought on this in the prayer books. Uh, I kind of lean towards the God cares about every little thing in your life. And it's okay to pray for you, even if it's small and insignificant. What else does give us this day our daily bread mean? The very things that we just need to get going day by day, day by day, step after step. And when you're in a group of people, like in a home group or in a prayer meeting, sometimes people are like, oh, I don't want to give, uh, say a prayer, even because it seems small or insignificant. But when you're in groups like this, you need it. You need prayer. You need people praying for you. And so don't be shy with people who you love and you trust to give them even little things to pray for. Um, we, we don't have to be ashamed or, or afraid of this kind of thing. Um, God loves us and we need prayer. And we're not made, here's the thing, we're not made to be people who are fully in touch with big grand things. Here's what I'm saying. Um, obviously God calls us to do awesome things. He calls us to push back evil and to, to do bigger things than we could ever imagine. Um, but we, we have a limit, right? We're limited creatures. And so whatever is in our sphere of influence, whatever we care about, whatever is our thoughts dwell on regularly, this is what God is asking us to lift up in prayer. Oh, and we need it. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll take a cue from David in the psalm tradition if we embrace that. He goes on. This is where David gets some of, this, it's like the most entertaining. Arrogant foes are attacking me, O oh God. A band of ruthless people seeks my life. They have no regard for you. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Turn to me and have mercy on me. Show your strength on behalf of your servant. 
and save the son of a woman who served you before me. <laughs> it's like, if, if, if you don't love me, God, at least you love my mom who loved you. Uh, think of her uh, when you are trying to decide whether you're going to protect me or not. Uh, these, I mean, if this is anything, this is a deliver us from evil kind of prayer. Jesus comes on in the last parts of his prayer. Save me from me and deliver us from evil. It's the two prongs of the needing of protection. We need protection from ourselves and protection from others. Uh, and if you notice here, these deliver me prayers in the Psalms are, Arise, Lord. Judge them, Lord. Break their arms, Lord. Another one of David's Psalms says, Break their teeth, Lord. Silence them, Lord. This is make me safe. Protect me. Don't forget the helpless. See the two prongs? David's got his eyes on everything that threatens him. And then he has his eyes on how much he needs protection. Uh, Jesus comes along. And this is where, in one, one of the ways that um, Jesus really gets it better than David, I think. David comes along and he's like really vindictive. He's like, I want them to just, I want their children to just, to just be desolate. Because they've wronged me so much. Um, he has, he's got that very human sense. But one of the things that David gets right is whenever he, he thinks about vengeance in his prayers, he asks God to do the work. He does take things into his own hand from time to time. But in his prayers, at least, he's always asking God to do the work. God, would you protect me? Judge them. Break their arms, Lord. Because if, if someone's going to break their arms, at least it's you. Um, and Jesus comes along and says, look, there's going to be people who push against you in life. There's going to be people who don't like you for no good reason. There's going to be people who try to compete with you and work against you. And your best thing to do in relationship to these people is to pray for them. Pray for those who persecute you. Not just pray God break their teeth. But God, would you restore them? Would you heal them? Like who, are, who are the people that come straight to your mind who you would say, oh, this person is like an enemy to me? Is it someone who has rejected you? Is it someone who wants your job? Who, who is this? And Jesus' ultimate prayer is uh, for them. I don't know, who's, who's your favorite sports team? And the arch enemy, like, when's the biggest rivalry? Have you ever prayed for the team you hate to win? I'd give that a try as practice. That's what Jesus asks of us. Um, but it's still not a bad thing to say, deliver us from evil. God, do you, do you see? And here's a good question. Do you see what this person is doing to me? Do you see how vulnerable I am? Protect me. Save me. I, I need you. I, I, need, I need your safety. It's a good prayer. It's a good kind of deliver me prayers. Um, David finishes off his psalm like this. Give me a sign of your goodness, God, that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, Lord, have helped me and have comforted me. So one, one last prayer of petition to talk about, which is the protect me especially from shame. And these are the words that David gives in the Psalms. Vindicate me, guard my life. My honor depends on you, God. Protect me from shame. There's one Psalm 
in the whole book of Psalms where David says, destroy me, God, if I am guilty. But I'm not guilty, I'm innocent. Um, and so uh, protect me from shame works both ways again. It's protect me from screwing up so that I, I make a fool of myself. But it's also protect me from those who'd want to shame me, who'd want to shame me in this life. And I don't know how many of you have really thought about shame or where it comes from or how it works or how vulnerable humans can be to being shamed. But we, we need protection. Like, we all want to be people full of honor. We want people to think the best of us. We want our reputations to be upheld. But if you're in a scenario in which that's being threatened, if you think someone's going to slander you or ruin your name or, um, or bring shame upon you or, or actually come at you with shame, trying to shame you for, for anything, uh, it's a good kind of prayer to say, vindicate me, God. My, my honor is in you. It's a great kind of petition. It's a great kind of daily need prayer. Okay, so let's, let's sum this up here. Last thing here, praying for others. Uh, David prays a lot for himself, but he does pray for others. And when we pray for others, a great thing to ask is, how would they pray Jesus' prayer? Is it someone you love, someone you're related to, a friend, someone you know? If you think, how do I pray for them? I don't know always how to pray for them. All you got to do is take a minute and think, how would they pray, Jesus, give me today my daily bread? What would be, the, what would be their need? Imagine that. Um, and pray that for them. You know, if, if you know someone whose marriage is struggling and they can't seem to get along and it just breaks down, uh, for those of you who are not verbal people, who don't like giving words to things, use your imagination. Sometimes I, I, I know that people are having marital struggles and so I, I pray and I imagine this wall between them that they can't get past. And I imagine it crumbling and falling down and them finding their way to one another. It's like a picture in my, in my mind. And that's my prayer for them. That's, I'm praying for them in that way. Or um, someone who needs work. Like some of you, you know, who's out of a job and is looking for work. Sometimes I sit there and I just imagine the moment where someone says, we've decided to hire you. And that's my prayer for them. Like what's their daily bread and how can you offer that up to God for them? So we do pray for others and we bless others. So here it is. If you want, if you want to take a picture of it, summing it up, now's your chance. What does it feel like to pray, give us this day our daily bread? Hear me, God. Where are you? Save me from me. Deliver me. Protect me. Bless them. These are all, these are all kind of building blocks here. Where you snap them together and, you, and, and David prays these regularly and with great detail. Here's an interesting Rembrandt of Jesus. When his disciples asked him how to pray, it's amazing to me that he said, give us today our daily bread. Which does mean the very things that we need day after day to get by. That does mean that. But if you go back into his mind, he was a Jewish man who lived in a very different time and place. And the story of scripture was so deep in his heart that when he says something like, give us this day our daily bread, if we're going to understand Jesus' mind at all, we're going to immediately hear the resonance 
Give us today our daily bread. Where in the great story did God give his people daily bread? The very thing they needed. Well, as the Exodus generation was going through the wilderness, God gave them manna from heaven. They were in the, they were in the desert and they were starving and they didn't have what they needed, but God protected them. Day after day, he would rain down bread from heaven onto the sand and they would pick it up. And here is the rule. You can pick up everything that you need for the day, but don't pick up more. And if you pick up more on Friday night, because Sabbath is the next day, that's good. But if you pick up bread on any other day of, of, the, of the week, extra bread, it's going to rot. And you're going to eat it, and you're going to be eating rotten bread. And here's the point. God took them through that season of their life in order to teach them something. You don't have to rely on anything else for your protection and your safety. I've got you. I've got this. And I'm going to give you a symbol by raining down food from heaven for you. Give us today our daily bread. Has to, in Jesus' mind, pull us back to that great promise that even though we go through seasons of drought and testing and desert, God is doing that to teach us how to love him and be faithful to him alone and serve no other God. And then ultimately he says this to his disciples. Okay, God will, God will protect you. He's got you. You don't have to worry. You think he, he gives food to the birds? He, he, they're, they're alive out there, aren't they? He'll give food to you. Um, but he, but he, he's going to go a little deeper. He's going to say at some point, guess who... I am. I am the bread of life. Anyone who feeds on me will never be hungry again. This, this is kind of, I mean, I don't think we oftentimes get our mind around this. Give us this day our daily bread means, ultimately, Jesus, give me you. I want you more than anything. I want to, to, to relate with you in a way that feels like I'm feeding on you. And Jesus didn't shy away from the weirdness of that imagery. I want to feed on you that I love you so much. And when we pray that prayer, give us, protect us. Ultimately, what we're saying at the end of the day is, Jesus, I want you. I want you in my life. I want you to protect me. I want to know you and to become like you. We become so immersed with Jesus. That's why I love that worship song that we sang at the very end of the first worship set. Jesus, I love you. I love you. I love you. And when we can get to the place where we're, we're relishing and delighting in giving our hearts to Jesus like that, we find that we don't need to protect ourselves. We don't need to get so wrapped up in all the things that take us down. And we can find true life once again in him. Give us this day our daily bread. Always leads us back to Eucharist and the manna which is symbolized at the table before us. Uh, before I invite everyone up to the table here, as we do every week, just an, uh, an invitation, an interesting idea that I came across this week in a book. Um, it said, if you, if you struggle sometimes to pray these prayers or know how to organize your thoughts, right now in a worship service is a great chance to pray for someone. As you come forward and ask yourself um, in, in your life, who are those people who you, who you love right now, who need something? What, 
What is it? What's the answer to their, God, give me today my daily bread? Like you might come forward as you take a piece of bread and dip it in the juice. You might think of them. You might think of their prayer request. And you might do it as an act and as a chance to pray for someone today. Um, And not just praying for their need, but even deeper than that, praying for them to help them to know how much they need Jesus in their life to live. If if that inspires you this morning, I I invite you to do that. But what he does uh, at the end of his life is he invites us to give everything over to him. Just like he's going he's gonna to take God's promise of protection all the way to the grave and to his resurrection. Uh, he's going to trust God with everything. He invites us week after week to take a piece of bread, dip it in the juice as a symbol uh, of, of his love for us and as a symbol of our expression. God, well, I'm still with you. I'm not, I may not be doing that perfectly, but I'm still with you. I'm still trying. I still want to give everything that I am to you and understand that you are everything to me. If you, if you want Jesus to be everything to you, this is a chance to come and to tell him that and to pray for someone today. So friends, uh, I'm not sure what God has spoken to you today through worship and through the reading of the word, um, but he, he's here. And be confident, listen to those stirrings of your heart. Uh, he's speaking to each one of us individually. And it's a good chance now to bring forward whatever that is and to continue that conversation with God. So today the table is set and everyone here is welcome.